Well, hey, as we, uh, as we jump in this morning, there was an older couple who uh, was in their 90s, and they were having trouble remembering things. So uh, they went to the doctor, and uh, they went in for a checkup, and while they're there, uh, the doctor told them, you know, physically, you guys are okay, everything's going all right, but um, maybe you might start just writing some things down to help you remember what's going on. That way you won't forget. Well, later that night, they're watching TV, and uh, the man gets up from his chair, and his wife asks him, hey, where are you going? And he said, to the kitchen. Well, would you give me a bowl of ice cream then? She asks him. The husband says, sure. Gently, very gently, she reminds him, you might want to write that down, because I think you might forget. And he goes, oh, I'm not going to forget. That's easy. I can remember. You want a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, but I also would like strawberries. You should write this down. No, I, I can remember. Ice cream and strawberries. And then she adds, I'd also like whipped cream, though. Can I get some whipped cream? Now, I'm certain you'll forget that. You better write it down. Irritated, he says, I don't need to write it down. I can remember ice cream with strawberries and whipped cream. And he grumbles his way into the kitchen. Well, about 20 minutes later, the old man comes back and he hands his wife a plate of bacon and eggs. She stares at the plate for a moment and she goes, where's my toast? <laughs> Told you you should have wrote it down. I wonder, do you ever struggle to remember things? Do you ever struggle to remember certain things? You know, um, there's a lot, that, a lot of times where we're commanded in scripture by God to remember. And we're gonna talk about that this morning. As we kind of wrap up this four weeks, thinking about our future, uh, we're gonna remember the future and remember God as we head into it because he commands us to. So with that in mind, let me pray. And then we're gonna be in a handful of different scriptures this morning, but let's pray. Father, thanks for Jesus. And uh, Jesus, thank you that you remember us, that you think about us, you care about us more than we could ever imagine. Forgive us for the times when we fail to remember you, to think on you and to trust you and to obey you. Uh, every time, Lord, that you tell us to remember, it's always so that we would trust you today and trust you tomorrow. And uh, so help us to see that even as we head into a new season in our church family and a uh, new season of, of the year uh, with summer wrapping up. Help us remember you and uh, teach us today, I pray by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, many times in scripture, God does tell us to remember. He tells us to remember. And uh, his command is to remember many different things. Many times he tells us to remember. He tells us to remember his goodness and his faithfulness. Sometimes he tells us to remember our sin. Other times he tells us to remember his grace and his mercy. God tells us often to remember. Uh, he tells us to remember, for instance, his faithfulness. Uh, in, in Acts, uh, excuse me, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter eight, verse two, we read this, and you shall remember, you shall remember the whole way, this is on their way into the promised land, that the Lord your God has led you for these 40 years. We read this last Sunday. 
He's led you in the wilderness so that he would humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. You should remember the whole way God's been with you, the whole of every moment in the past. Why? So that you'd follow him today. You'd trust him tomorrow. Not just to remember, to remember the good old days, but to remember for today. Uh, in First Chronicles, we read, remember the wondrous works that he has done, the miracles and judgments he's uttered. He's done so many wondrous works. Do you remember them? We heard some even from, from Willie and Sue just a bit ago of how God's wondrous works, how he was so good to them and healing them. When, do, how, when have you last just taken time to remember and write down all the good things that God has done for you? Remember his faithfulness. Remember his goodness. Remember, we're also told by Jesus to remember your first love. To remember Jesus. He, he says, uh, remember therefore where, from where you have fallen. Remember your sin and repent. And do the works that you used to do, that you did at first. Remember your first love. How, how many of you, you've trusted Jesus. You can remember maybe those first moments after trusting him, those first months, those first years, or maybe your heart was just kind of lit on fire. If you're like most people, after starting to follow Jesus, you've also gone through plenty of valleys after that. Well, how do you get through those valleys? You remember your first love and you return to that first love. Remember the things you did at first, return to them. See, it's not remembering just to go, oh, I remember that. That was so great. I just wish I could go back. No, God doesn't say that. He says, no, remember them so that today you would trust me again. God often tells us to remember. Uh, remember those things. He tells us to remember his word and his promises. First Chronicles 16, remember his covenant forever the word that he commanded for a thousand generations to remember his word. I wonder how many of you, do you, have a, do you have a habit of trying to remember God's word? Maybe through memorizing scripture? That's a great way to remember God's word. There's so many ways you can do it. If, if you get on our website, if you go to wallacebible.com slash habits, there's a whole list of memory verses you can download, print cards out and just shuffle through them. Or you can get an app on your phone. If you search memory apps, Bible memory app in your app store, you're gonna find tons of them. So there's one in particular, I was looking at some reviews, it's got a white icon with a red open Bible called the Daily Memory app or something like that. And I think you have to maybe pay to get some extra features, but everything I've read about it is that it's totally worth it. How are you doing in memorizing God's word, hiding it in your heart, receiving from God? You know, you may have some certain thoughts about things, but the only way to have those thoughts renewed and to be changed is to know God's thoughts. And let his thoughts permeate your mind and your heart. In many ways, in doing that, you're filling the tank so that when the Holy Spirit goes to work in you, he's got all kinds of fuel to use in your memory. Memorize God's word. Spend time on it. You know, uh, memorize it and meditate on it. Just think on it. 
The psalmist says this, you know, I've, I've stored up your word in my heart. Why? Just because I want to think about it? No, so that I won't sin. See, it affects his action today and in the future. I stored up your word in my heart. Memorize his word, friends. It, it doesn't, if you hear nothing else I say, I don't care, read this book. That's really the only thing I have to share anyway. Our God wrote it all down. Store up his word in your heart. And don't just remember it, but then do what it says. See, look at what else God says in Psalm 119. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. Do it. (laughs) Jesus' little brother James says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So remember it and then live it out. Seeing as you memorize it, It'll affect your actions. It'll affect your life. It'll change your mind. How many of you, you'd say, yeah, I've spent time memorizing God's word and I can tell a difference in my life from the seasons when I am actively in God's word and he's permeating my thoughts and changing me versus the times when I don't remember and I forget. That's me, yeah, 100%. Memorize God's word, receive from him. Remember his commands, Numbers 15. Uh, We read here it'll be a tassel. His word will be a tassel, his commands, for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord. To do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you're inclined to whore after. So you shall remember to do all of my commandments and be holy to your God. Remember his commands and do them. Now, you might think, well, what's the whole tassel thing about? That's kind of strange. Well, in the ancient world, uh, tassels were worn by kings and queens and high-class people. If you were important, you wore a tassel. And in Israel, though, they were to be worn by everyone as a mark of their status as God's chosen people, of his people. And so then when they'd see them, they'd be reminded of his word and of who they were and that they would live it out. Some of you I've seen, you know, you have a little tattoo or you have a a ring or a bracelet or something else that reminds you of whose you are. It's a reminder, it's the same thing. It's a reminder in that way. So let it remind you to remember God's commands. But don't just be reminded, also remember it and sink it into your heart, memorize it. We're also told in scripture then to uh, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you'll say, I have no pleasure in them in those days. Remember God now, especially those of you who are young, remember him in your youth so that, why? So that when you grow old, you would still be following him. Now, if you're a little less young than you used to be, you're still younger than you'll be tomorrow. So remember him today. Remember that he's your creator and and that as your creator, he's the one who gives you meaning and purpose in life. Not all the other things that you chase after and that I chase after, but God gives us meaning. He's our creator. And remember this, that whenever God commands us to remember, it's always with the present and with the future in mind.
When God says remember, there's a purpose to it. It's not just remembering it for the sake of the good old days, which, let's be honest, usually weren't that good. No, remembering, when God tells us to remember, it's to remember for today and to remember for the future. In part, it's so that we'll honor him today. He says, remember my commands, or he might say, remember your sin It's not so that you'd feel like he's hovering over you, kind of trying to make your life miserable, but it's so that you'd obey him and avoid being miserable. (laughs) Remember how I was good years ago so that you know I'll be good still today and I'll be good tomorrow. Remember how you messed that up last week so that this week you make a better choice and you don't have to go down that road again. It's always with the present and future in mind. And in the Psalms, we see the psalmists write often of the benefits then of remembering God. My soul will be satisfied with fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed. You have trouble sleeping? Start meditating on a passage of scripture. Maybe you're like, I only know one. That's okay, use that one. It's all good. The Lord is my shepherd. It might lead you into counting sheep and you'll fall asleep and realize that God is your shepherd, that he cares for you. Dwell on those things. I remember you on my bed and I meditate on you in the watches of the night for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I'll sing for joy. And when times are hard, remember that God sees and he knows and he cares so that you can trust him today and trust him tomorrow and honor him today. Psalm 143, look look at this. The enemy has pursued my soul. He's crushed my life to the ground. He's made me sit in darkness like those who are long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is just appalled. Maybe you're like, that was my week. (laughs) That's my month. That's my year. What do you do in that moment? Well, let's keep reading. I remember the days of old and I meditate on all that you've done. I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. He turns to him for help. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Selah. Some people think, you know, that that could, and it could be, could just be a musical term because in the Psalms, but in either way, if it is a musical term, it means to pause. But others would say it means to stop, think, remember those things. You know, last week we laid out uh, kind of a new vision for our church for the next seven years. And um, we read from Deuteronomy chapter eight, And in Deuteronomy chapter eight, uh, the people are about to enter the promised land and God gives them a mission. He says, go in and take the land that I'm giving you. And then he gives them a picture, a vision of what it's gonna be like and how great that land will be when they get there, even though they can't see it yet. But do you know what he tells them to do right after he paints that picture? Look with me and see. He says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God 
What's he telling him to do right away? After he paints that picture of the future, he says, don't forget me. Remember me. Don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and rules and statutes that I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and you live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and everything that you have is multiplied, that then your heart would be lifted up and you'd forget the Lord your God. That's a pretty good word for us in our culture, isn't it? We have so, so many good things, even the poorest of us. So many good things. And it's easy for us to lift up our heart and say, oh, look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. Look what we've... But God says, don't... Yeah, but that's great. And I've given you all those things, but don't forget me in that moment. Don't forget me. Remember me. Lest you turn away. Turn away from me, the one, and he tells his people here, the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying waters with its fiery serpents and scorpions and uh, thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of a filthy rock, the flinty rock, excuse me, Verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers didn't know that he might humble you and test you to do good for you in the end. Remember those things. Remember how I was with you the whole of every moment. Beware, he says, lest you say in your heart that my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You should remember the Lord your God for it's he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I I warn you today, you'll perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, he tells them. So shall you perish because you wouldn't obey the voice of the Lord your God. Back in verse 11, uh, he said, take care that lest you forget the Lord. Part of remembering God is obeying him. He tells us to remember so that we would obey him today and obey him tomorrow. It's about obedience. That's what God's saying, obey me. Is he just mean, you know, with his thumb down on everybody, just being, obey me. No, why does he tell us to obey him? Because remember, he's our creator. He designed us. He actually knows what's best. And he says, if you obey me, life will go very well for you. But if you don't, so obey me. I love you. In fact, uh, later in Deuteronomy, a couple chapters later, here's what he says to those same people. He says, see, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Setting before you as something you can choose. The blessing, if you obey my commands, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, choose to obey, choose blessing. But then I'm also laying before you the curse. If you don't obey the commands of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I'm commanding you to go after other gods that you haven't known. You can really sum up 
the moral law in the Bible by two choices. Choose to obey, choose blessing. Choose to sin, you're choosing to suffer. And it's still that way today. When we choose to obey God, he blesses us. And that doesn't mean we never suffer. It just means that he blesses us. He's with us. He helps us through, even through the hard times. But when I choose to sin, I'm choosing to suffer. I'm choosing it. And so sometimes he even tells us to remember our sin. Why would he tell us to remember our sin? Well, there's times he does. Uh, Look at Deuteronomy chapter nine with me. Know therefore that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness. He's telling these same people, for you're stubborn. You're a stubborn people. He would kind of say to you and me, I haven't given you all this good stuff. I haven't given you this good life because something's cool about you. (laughs) Because Josh, you're pretty stubborn. (laughs) He'd probably have more words than that to describe me. So remember and don't forget. He's telling us, remember his goodness and remember how we've provoked the Lord to wrath. He tells him, remember your sin. Why would he tell him to do that? Again, is he vengeful? Does he just want to hold it over our heads? Is that why he's saying it? No, it's so that two things would happen. One, in remembering our sin, we'd also remember his grace. And in remembering our sin, to not, and his grace not to deal with us according to our sin, and his grace, or his grace, and uh, excuse me, we would strive not to sin again, but to honor him when we remember our sin. Because we know when I touch the hot stove, it hurts. <laughs> and so when I remember that, I, I obey and I follow him. Do you know there's sometimes even that God tells us to remember the sin of other people. He says this, remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam? Remember that as you came out on the way from Egypt. And why would God tell us to remember other people's sin? Is so that we would think better of ourselves compared to them? No. It's so that we don't. Let's look at the sin of Miriam that they're talking about. Uh, As they're coming out of Egypt, God appointed Moses as the leader, but his sister Miriam and his brother Aaron, there was some rivalry there. And Miriam and Aaron, they criticized Moses because he married a Cushite woman, likely a woman from Ethiopia. So some have suggested, well, maybe she's just really prejudiced and a bit racist in making that comment. But in verse three, we see the real heart of what's going on is that she just didn't trust the authority that was over her. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? Don't I deserve to be up front? Leading. God says, remember what God did to Miriam. And what happens is uh, right after this, because of her attitude and her critical and jealous heart, trying to assert authority she didn't have, she found herself uh, after the cloud departed, covered in leprosy. Now, why would God tell us to remember that? So that when we're tempted to sin, we remember 
I don't want that to happen to me. I think I'm going to obey. Choose to obey, choose blessing. It's remembering so we don't sin in the same way. In the same way Jesus said, remember what happened to Lot's wife. This is Jesus speaking. He said, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. If you let it go, though, you'll save it. Lot's wife looked back longingly at Sodom when it was being destroyed, and she turned to a pillar of salt. Friends, don't look back with longing, but look forward trusting. Remember Lot's wife. When God tells us to remember it so we'd honor him today and obey him, uh, John 14, if you love me, Jesus says, you'll keep my commandments. Isaiah 1, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. 1 John 5, for this is the love of God, that if we keep his commandments, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're for our good. So memorize scripture and obey it. Remember the Lord your God. And as you do, remember that every time God tells you to remember, to remember his goodness and faithfulness, to remember your sin, to remember his grace and his mercy, that he does it with today and the future in mind. He tells us to remember so we'd honor him today and so that we would follow him tomorrow. Our God's a future-oriented God. He is by design. And all that he does, he, he tells us to remember, so we'll trust him. I wonder, you know, as we kind of wrap up this series talking about the future for our church these next seven years. And today, as we celebrate 37 years of God's faithfulness to us, many of you were here that first morning over in the middle school, or not the middle elementary school now, but you were there. Do you stop to remember all the good things that God's done in our church and for us? Deuteronomy 32, or even however long you've been here with us, remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, he'll show you. Your elders, they'll tell you. Go talk to somebody who was here a long time, learn about it, about all the good things God's done. This week we'll celebrate 37 years as a church. This picture is about 36 and a half ago over where the fellowship hall is right now, right in the middle of it before anything was built on this land. Have you stopped to consider where you were, what you were doing in 19, well, 86 the church was started, but 87 when this picture was taken? In the fall of 1986, I was starting third grade. By the time this picture was taken, uh, at that time we lived on the farm. I rode the bus to school every day. By the time this picture was taken, I was probably wrapping up third grade, maybe just finished, and uh, we moved into town, into the big city of a little town called Alta, about 2,000 people. Do you ever stop to remember? I, this had me kind of going down memory lane this week. And so I thought I'd just share some of them with you. Maybe you can do this in your own life. Here's uh, that summer, fourth, between third and fourth grade, Josh. Uh, that's my uh, one foray into 4-H. I had a rabbit. I had two rabbits, actually. And that was when I learned I really didn't want to do 4-H. 
just wasn't me. But during that same summer, the first building of our church, God was faithful and that was built just to my left and your right. Uh, That summer, uh, at the end of that summer, I started fourth grade in all denim. I looked really cool. A little brother in first grade at the time. You know, but I had no clue that uh, some church over in Indiana was getting ready to move into their new building that fall. I had no concept of what that would even be like to start a new church or move into a building. That summer I played baseball, having no clue again about what was going on here. But do you know who did? God did. And as I look at that picture, I I look at myself and my dad, and um, if you would have told me then, or especially if you'd have told my dad that I was going to be a pastor, I'd have been like, come on. No, I don't think that. No, I was going to be an architect. I was going to be an artist of some sort, not a pastor. I would have never guessed it. And all during that time, there were guys like Ned and Pete and Dave trying to figure out how to put that column up. Do you ever stop to remember? As I look at that, that boy right there, I just think of God's goodness to me and my mom and my dad, his faithfulness for years. I think of all that's changed in that time. Decisions I made that were really good, decisions I made that were really stupid. And I remember that through all of it, God was faithful how gracious and kind and merciful he's been to me. And then also how gracious and kind and merciful he's been to our church when I look at the picture on the right. And the privilege I get to lead it. You know, um, the psalmist writes, when I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. It's another way of saying I remember. I turn myself to your word so that I'd remember your goodness in it. And the truth is for all of us, you know, we look back at the past. Sometimes our heart aren't, our heart aren't, go back and learn some English in fourth grade. Our hearts are not, there we go, always welled up with thankfulness, but sometimes with discontent, sometimes with frustration. Sometimes, like I mentioned earlier, longing for the good old days, which weren't that good. That's the story of the Israelites, the ones we read about in Deuteronomy, who God told over and over to remember. They had been freed from God, uh, by God from slavery in Egypt, and yet after wandering in the wilderness, because of their own sin, mind you, they sinned further and they complained to God. And the text says they even longed and lusted to go back to the place they had been. They called their days of slavery the good old days. But before we're too critical, Do you ever do the same? (laughs) Yeah, we all do. It's funny how, you know, I put up pictures only of the good times in the history of our church or the history of my life. I don't put up uh, just the wins. I don't put pictures up of the times I failed. Don't put pictures up of uh, the times in our church when there were fights. 
the times in the lives of both that there was nonsense. <laughs> why not? Well, because, uh, I mean, why not? Why? Because if we did, you know what it would remind us of? The fact that Jesus was still faithful through all of that. So even as you look back at the hardest times, Jesus is still faithful. Remember that so you can trust him today and follow him tomorrow. And what's curious is that by God's design, there's no going back, only going forward. So today, this week, we start year 38 as a church family, and we keep moving forward with our eyes on Jesus. He, he only commands us to, to remember in so much as it has us looking forward. In Isaiah, uh, we're told, remember not the former things, consider, don't consider the things of old. Behold, God says, I'm doing a new thing. Trust me going forward. Remember those things, sure, but do it so that you trust me today and follow me tomorrow. And so as I look at the fourth grader in that photo right there, rather than long to go back to Mrs. Davenport's fourth grade class, I thank God for his faithfulness. And you know what I wonder? Who's the fourth grader down the hall right now who might be my pastor in 20 or 30 years? How will God be faithful there? Like he was faithful to me. A kid who, some of you, if it's your kid, you're like, I don't know. Trust me, my dad thought the same thing. You know, celebrating our 37th birthday as a church family is exciting, but only if it compels us to trust Jesus for greater things in the next 37, especially the next seven. As we wrap up, I just want to remind you of uh, the vision we laid out last Sunday for these next seven years, enduring reach. And the only way this is going to happen is as we remember God's faithfulness to us in the past and trust him and obey him going forward. So here it is again. By 2030, the people of Wawasee Bible, that's us, not the pastors, not the leaders, the people. That includes all of us, right? We're gonna engage in 10,000 gospel conversations and establish an enduring local presence in at least two surrounding communities by meeting practical, emotional, and spiritual needs of people in the greater Wawasee area. And here's the picture of what that might look like that day. We'll be known throughout our region as a church that not only preaches, but lives the truth of the biblical gospel. The people of our communities, the people on your street, in your family will know that they're loved by Jesus and that they're loved by this church in the cornfields. And we'll be known as a church with a passion for meeting the greatest spiritual needs of every person in our circle of influence. And as the people of God face the options, as they remember God and what he's done, there's only two options in front of them, either at that moment heading into the promised land, into that vision, either wait around and die or trust God for all of his goodness in the past and move forward. Which one will you do? Let's pray.